You are listening to the Art Problems Podcast, episode 32. I'm your host, Patty Johnson. This is the podcast where we talk about how to get more shows, grants, and residencies. And today we're going to dive into the art criticism conversations that have been happening online. I would say that roughly these conversations, which I think we've all been having, maybe, I don't know if privately is the right word, but on a smaller scale for some time now, really started to gain some traction with Jerry Saltz on the Bear Facts podcast this summer. And he said, I quote, that right now art is just coming from everywhere by everybody all at the same time from every place about anything. Right now, everything is in play. Right now, criticism is temporarily suspended. Not from me, not from Roberta, but by and large, criticism doesn't exist. So that's a pretty powerful statement. And shortly after that, Negative Criticism by Sean Tattle was published in The Point magazine. Now, Tattle publishes the Manhattan Art Review, which has been gathering steam over the last couple of years. It was founded in 2019. And this particular piece argued for the value of negative criticism. And that really got a lot of attention. And there was a I believe there was a panel discussion about this after the fact that, and uh, this prompted Ben Davis's two-part series, Is Art Criticism Too Positive on Artnet? And the podcast discussion that followed on the Art Angle, also published by Artnet, What's Causing the Crisis in Art Criticism? Then, of course, we've just seen an explosion of other responses and even just off-the-cuff comments about the dearth of criticism. The one that comes to mind immediately is Jeff Poe of Blum and Poe, the gallery um, and the gallerist, on the Bear Facts podcast saying that criticism is just out the fucking door. So the question here is, is criticism in its death throes? Well, I think that depends on how we define it. One thing we can say for certain is that criticism as it was once known, a cabal of white men proffering opinions about what is and isn't good art on the pages of mainstream publications, they are dying the same slow death as traditional media. However, (laughs) at the same time, I would say that if anything, over the last couple of years, there's been a real doubling down on the male voice of authority, meaning however few critics there are left, the new stars are pretty much exclusively men. I'm thinking about Dean Kissick here, Sean Tattle, Jason Farrago at the New York Times. The replacement for Peter Sheldale at the New Yorker is Jackson Arne, which, as Ben Davis points out on the Art Angle podcast, was a shocker to many because they didn't know who he was. Now, Davis thinks that this reveals the reduced relevance of the New Yorker, and I don't think he's wrong about that, But he doesn't mention that the new appointment overlooked writers like Joanna Freeman, who, in my opinion, had a bigger profile, and she's great and offered a much-needed female voice. There's really a lot less traditional criticism, but there's also a ton of chatter online and plenty of like 
negative shit out there. So when we talk about whether uh, positive criticism has taken over, and this is something that's very much, I don't know if I want to say part of the zeitgeist, but it's a, it's a very popular belief. You know, I would temper that by saying, you know, it's not gone. The purpose of criticism, criticism itself, it's not gone, but its place has migrated and maybe, you know, the form it takes is mutated a little bit. The role of the critic might be in greater danger than criticism itself. And I think there's some consequences to that. And that's one of the things that I want to talk about. And that's one of the things that many of us have been talking about. So what are, you know, what are the stakes here? Now, in Sean Tattle's uh, critics, manif- like his manifesto, basically, uh, he writes that the point is not for the reader to fully subjugate their own judgment to the critics, but to recognize and respect that the critic's sensibility represents some understanding of the scope of their subject, albeit in a contingent, individualized way. In other words, expertise matters. And it's not just about seeing a lot of art, but thinking about it in a particular way, you have to bring a critical lens. Now, to use a parallel example here, one of the things that struck me was a recent podcast that I listened to on Search Engine, which is hosted by PJ Boat. And he spoke to the writer Kalefa Sana. I apologize. I just totally bastardized his name. But uh, it's ostensibly about how to find new music when you're old, but really the podcast was about the job of the music critic and what is it. And when uh, PJ attended a music concert with the writer, uh, Senna observed that the band they were watching didn't have a bass player and that most bands do. Now, a casual listener doesn't think about these things because they don't have to. The question for most isn't more complicated than do I like this music or not? And the same is true for art. Do I like this art or not? You don't necessarily go deeper than that. And what expertise does is it can tell you what you're missing. And if you don't know a lot about craft, or even if you do know a lot, but you're not thinking about it critically because that's not your job, you're not going to be thinking about what's missing and why. And that's where I think the critic's role goes beyond judgment. Because sure, assessment is important, but understanding taxonomy, construction of how something works, gives space for creativity. And we need that space. And it's becoming increasingly difficult to find because we're all so goddamn busy. So Tattle writes that his job is to suss out which shows possess good qualities, which produce mediocre and which are just bad. And his contentious five-star system helps establish that a judgment has been made and invites readers to form their own, which fine. But I am going to take issue with Tattle's suggestion that criticism has been marginalized because it doesn't use a star system. To be fair, his exact words are not that. Um, the exact quote, I, I wrote it out here just for fairness, is all of this, the parentheses here, is short reviews with star ratings, could sound like a rather obvious format to anybody familiar with Letterboxd, but it's a disruption to the prevailing norms of art writing. Now, the problem 
with this statement is that its assumptions are wrong. Time Out New York used star reviews for art for years and in its day was as visible as New York Magazine. And that was when New York Magazine and the New York Times were neck and neck for relevance, right? Those star ratings, they're not the be all and end all to uh, criticism. I don't, I think there's a little bit of outsized importance imparted to them. But the fact that none of us even remember that timeout use that anymore points to the fading importance of criticism for which he is not wrong. The question, of course, isn't why aren't there more critics, but whether that matters. And this is where I think there's been a lot of hair splitting that mostly is about critics staking out their ground. And honestly, you know, I think this stuff is pretty fun to read. So on the one hand, we have Tattle, who believes that criticism helps us understand value. And he defines value as something that brings us closer to um, omniscience, or at least a deeper understanding of life. And that the act of criticism elevates that good. So criticism is the documentation of thinking about art and particularly about an artwork's success or failure, writes Tattle. A critical judgment may age well or poorly, but the value of these judgments is not in whether they are right or wrong. After all, judgments are never objectively true for all time. So there's some back and forth here between whether objectively good, like what that might mean, which is important because it's there's not a fixed meaning. Personally, I think his point of view appeals to mine as a critic, which, you know, I really enjoy advocating and elevating what I see as valuable and also explaining what I think might not be successful. You know, I'm not sure if this is, if rigidness is exactly the right word, but a distinct perspective and point of view makes a good critic. And I think that that's something that is embedded within Tattle's writing. He also talks about the importance of a consistency for a critic. Not that you have to have the same point of view forever, but that the path of your logic should be transparent and honest. And that's something that I think I value probably more than anything else, that within whatever it is that I write, that you can see the honesty behind it. Ben Davis believes something sort of similar, but a little bit different. He believes that the judgment of quality is just the excuse for writing. I have this mantra that I use, which is the judgment of quality is not the point of the piece of writing. It's the excuse for the piece of writing. Like, it has to be in there. It's like the sand around which the pearl forms. But the pearl is the ideas, what this connects to in terms of, like, a narrative with larger significance. The things that do are few and far between. It's really true that there aren't that many artworks that really fit this criteria. So when artists come to me and they say, well, why can't I get a review? This is why there are very few artworks that fit that criteria. And it's not that either Davis or Tattle are wrong. It's just that they have different points of view. So Davis might have a, a larger umbrella for which he can 
hang his opinions. His point of view is basically you can have it all. You can have the negative reviews and those negative reviews don't have to preclude positive reviews. We don't need to overcorrect. This is sort of, I think, what he's worried about is an overcorrection for what we see as a need for metrics that measure quality because, in his opinion, quality is not the core problem or the core, the core need. Davis's point of view, and I really agree with him on this, is that we are living in a world of hot takes, and the problem with this is that it creates a world of people who are talking at each other not to each other. So we're feeling a lack of connection, which has traditionally been one of the roles of criticism to bring people together in service of debate. Now here's where I disagree with Davis. While there is plenty of space online for disagreement, in fact, I think users are rewarded for hot takes and reductive reasoning, which he points out. The fact is, is that in the commercial space, there is far more positivity than there ever used to be. So all these voices complaining about how reviews are more positive than they used to be, that's the truth. And we know this because there are tons of studies that demonstrate how online reviews left by customers have a positive bias. So whatever is getting a five star might realistically be more like a four. Now, somebody leaving a customer review, it's not the same as a critic penning a piece. And nobody likes to think of their art, at least in in this world, as a product. But the fact is, is that the mediums aren't that far apart. And no one is immune to the pressure to be more positive than negative. This is a commercial space, and it's been increasingly commercialized. With that comes an increased pressure to be positive. And I'm going to get into this a little bit more. So we need experts, but do we need the critic? So Davis and Tato will tell you that we do because it allows us to think about bigger ideas and the process of learning helps us grow. Now, I don't know that we need criticism, but we definitely need what it used to provide, a sense of place and togetherness, shared discussion. We need the ability to stake out bigger ideas and and flesh them out. One of the things that we lost with the decline of mass media has been the kind of efficient infrastructure that facilitated discussion, shared events, and knowledge building. What I'm talking about here is a big publication can handle promotion, news, criticism, and classifieds. Now, that responsibility has been passed off to small businesses, artists, galleries, etc. And we don't have these big infrastructures to deal with that. So we're all really busy. And since we all have a vested interest in our businesses, we're not really in a place to support criticism. So if criticism isn't economically viable, we won't have critics even if we need them. And their replacement thus far has been influencers. And let me tell you, an influencer's job on Instagram isn't to be interesting and it's not to have ideas. Threads demonstrated this that much earlier this summer. You know, I spent a lot of time watching boring marketers gin up engagement with nothing. And that 
just served as a particular form of torture. I should just offer an aside here, though, that I do think that threads will eventually flourish because we do need spaces for conversation and community building, and I do think they're they're working on that. I'm not sure we need critics, but we need what they offer. We need experts. We need teachers. And we need people who can forge communities. And to be honest, I think we have that, at least some of that. That's why I believe that the membership network is so important because it gives us a way to fill some of that gap, to connect with other artists across the country and and the globe, to build relationships. And ultimately, at scale, it gives us a role in shaping the industry that we participate in. It's not a panacea. You know, we're not solving structural inequity. We still have way more than we can ever get done thanks to the disintegration of mass media and a host of other problems, but it's a start. And given this world, which is defined by horrific daily news, I'm glad to have a reason to be optimistic. Thank you for listening. If you like the show, please leave a review and share it with a friend. It really helps get that valuable information out to more artists just like you. You can find all of the names and the links that we reference in this conversation at workshop.art slash podcast.